0: is my home is a main level and then our bedrooms are upstairs and then there's a partially finished basement down below. And so what we would do is have the small group meeting on the main level where all the food and the bathrooms and the kitchen and all that stuff was, And then we would sit the little ones down into the basement where all the toys and games and puzzles and things were with a caregiver, and then they could interact with a kid version of what we were talking about in the group. So on one particular occasion some years ago, I heard a couple of little ones, maybe in the three to five-year-old range, having a heated discussion in the basement. So I decided to slip off to the side and go down the stairs and see what it is they were discussing so fervently. And in fact, they were having a bit of an argument over this. If you've ever seen this before in your home, you know from whence I speak, this is the little people Noah's Ark from Fisher Price. And what's cool about it is not only do you get animals two by two with Noah's Ark, but the Ark actually comes with a little kind of switch on the side where you can flip and turn the deck up. And then even a very little kid can take a whole bunch of the animals and toss them right in the Ark and just shut the top of the deck and take them off, you know, and experience those floodwaters. But now, just bear in mind, there's a warning. If you try to do this in your bathtub, kids, uh, this ark will sink straight to the bottom. And that's, in, that's not anything like what happened in reality. we're gonna talk about that today. But the key idea is this, is we start off with this notion of Noah's Ark almost like a kid's story, like something you would read to your kids at bedtime, and it's the kind of story that you know has a happy ending, but it's kind of focused on the idea that Noah and a whole bunch of animals take this sort of pleasure cruise for a few days, and then they end up on top of a mountain, and you know a dove comes back and then doesn't come back, and all this good stuff, and it looks like something that would be a really settling idea for your three-year-old at night before he or she goes to sleep, right? But the reality of the story is different. And in fact, the context is this. Back in the time of Noah, Noah had experienced this daily occurrence of humanity having difficulty with itself Humanity had come, become so self-focused and inwardly turned that it grieved the heart of God. And don't get distracted by Russell Crowe here at all. But the idea is that people were running amok back in that time. There's no rule of law to govern them. Look at what the scripture says. This is Genesis 6 and starting verse 5. The Lord Yahweh saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on earth and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. Let me repeat that phrase in bold. Only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth and his heart was deeply troubled. That idea of regret can also be translated as repent- The Lord wanted to repent of what he had done or change his mind and then his actions toward what he had created. Now that's a deep and troubling place for our great and loving God to be in, wouldn't you agree? But the idea is that he discovered this. He discovered amongst the human race only evil all the time. So the thoughts and the inclinations of the human heart, and if you dive deeper into the background language of this, the thoughts and inclinations of the human heart were continually evil, meaning they were only evil all the time, meaning there was no patience, meaning there was no understanding, meaning there was no forgiveness, and there was no collaboration. People were only in it for themselves, and people were looking around at the creation that God had made, including not only the earth, but the animals and each other, the people in it. And the first thought in their minds was the most evil, darkest thought you've ever had multiplied times a million. In other words, what can I do to use this resource that God has made for my own benefit? People did not have an ounce of care for each other, they simply used each other. Now the good news in our day and time is that God has created certain institutions. Now look at the scripture from Romans chapter 13. The one in authority is God's servant for your good. If you do wrong, be afraid, for rulers do not bear the sword for no reason, the scripture says. They are God's servants, agents of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. The idea is this, that in post-flood times, God has created the institution of governments and all its agencies that have to do with law enforcement for this reason. The idea is these are created to withhold evil, to keep evil at bay, because the condition of the human heart has not changed in all these millennia, has it? You can see even in evidence by the news today that there's evil in the inclinations and the thoughts and even then the actions of the human heart. You can see a base of evil. And that comes from the very beginning of all this. Now I would submit that Noah and his family still had this inclination, but something was very different about Noah. Back in the time of Noah, they didn't have the government, they didn't have the military, and they didn't have the police. And so God looked at all of his creation and his plan was basically to rewind it back to the beginning. Now think about it. Where was God and what was he doing before he started creating stuff? He was hovering over the face of the what? The deep waters. So God's plan was simply to reverse the whole thing back and rewind the thing all the way back to the beginning. And have another go at it. But with a caveat. He worked in the life of Noah. Let's look at that next. Genesis 6 and 7. The Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created and with them the animals, birds, and creatures. Now make a note of this. He's listing out the animals, birds, and creatures. With them the animals, birds, and creatures that move along the ground for I regret that I have made them. And this word regret almost means repent. He changes his mind. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. This word favor, it's so good. It means grace. It means acceptance. So God poured out his grace on Noah, even in those days and times. And the way that manifested itself is the Bible says that Noah was a just person. Now, you're going to read in some translations, it says Noah was righteous, but don't let that fool you. Noah was not inherently righteous like God is righteous. God is the one who is righteous. Noah walked with God and had access to his righteousness. So that word literally means that Noah was just. Now, what's the difference? It means that Noah had the ability as inspired by God to hold back the evil inclinations of his heart. Noah held back the evil inclinations of his heart and he walked with God in such a way that he had access to God's righteousness. And as such, God looked at that and poured his grace and his acceptance out on Noah and then gave him a choice. Noah had a choice to participate in what God was about to do. Now think about it. God could have simply waved a magic wand and dropped an ark on Noah's front doorstep like it had been delivered by Amazon. He didn't. God could have left one great big mountain free from the flood for some people to go to and climb up on and be saved from in the great deluge. He didn't. God gave Noah the opportunity to make a choice. And in that moment, He gave Noah the opportunity to participate in his plan, to obey God. And so when Noah obeyed God, the scripture records that Noah began building the boat. God gave Noah the specifications of the boat and said it needs to be this long, this wide, and this high with three decks and a door. Kind of like that little people Noah's Ark, but way, way bigger, like a football field and a half. But in that moment, Noah had the opportunity to trust God and obey him, to follow him in building the boat, though it was God who provided the righteousness and it was God who provided the instruction and it was God who provided what would save him and his family. So the scripture records that the tectonic plates of the earth probably broke apart and the springs of the deep, the scripture says, broke, and water from under the springs shot up into the air, we think, and along with whatever was up in the clouds, it rained 40 days and 40 nights, and then all the floodwaters rose to a depth of what we think is about 25 feet above the highest peak on earth. So there was no mountain of salvation. There was no way that people could avoid what was coming. And in fact, that boat floated on the water 150 days, the scripture says. And then months and months went by as the flood waters receded. But what happened next was fascinating about the relationship about uh, between the relationship between God and Noah. God established what was called a covenant. Look at chapter six and verse eight. Noah said to, or God said to Noah and to his sons with him, I now establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you and with every living creature that was with you. Remember how he named the creatures? He's thinking about them. The birds, the livestock, and all the wild animals, all those who came out of the ark with you, every living creature on earth. He says, I will establish my covenant with you. Never again will all life be destroyed by the waters of a flood. Never again will there be a flood to destroy the earth. See, the difference between a covenant and a contract, here it is in a nutshell. A contract is an agreement between two or more parties where goods and services are transferred, right? And if someone fails to meet the specific in the contract, then they're in breach of contract. And somebody's liable. But with a covenant, this is different. Covenants are about relationships. And typically the way it works in that culture back then when somebody established a covenant is somebody with greater power and resources and influence like a greater king would render a covenant to somebody, somebody with lesser power and resources like a lesser king. In this case, God is rendering a relationship to Noah that takes his relationship where they walked together in everyday life, taking that relationship to the next level. This is where God puts on Another promise to the relationship with humanity. And in that promise, he makes clear his plan for salvation. There are three truths that I'd love for you to take away from today and from the idea of Noah's ark. Humanity cannot save itself. Think about the specifics of the flood and how it's arranged. It goes across and and over and then above the highest peak on earth by about 25 feet. Nobody can tread water that long. Now think about the last time you tread water in 12 feet in a pool. Now double that and try to tread water for like four months or however many months it was. It's impossible. So all of humanity was going to perish in this flood God was going to rewind back to the beginning with the exception of those eight people. Second truth is this. Salvation is available to us through a vehicle. Salvation is available to us through a vehicle like it was to them back then. God doesn't put the choice of salvation in front of humans and give them the power to make it. God puts salvation in front of people through a person, a vehicle. And then we have the opportunity to dwell in that vehicle. Ephesians talks about the idea of being in Christ. God plans and executes his plan perfectly to bring a vehicle upon the earth through which people will be saved. And the third truth is this, the vehicle is God's provision and promise. Now here's what that means. The ark was provision for Noah's day. When the water shot up from the ground and then came raining down from the sky, the ark provided shelter for Noah and his family, did it not? Christ is our shelter, our refuge, in our rock for this day and this day's troubles. But the ark also provided a vision for the future. It provided a promise that in Christ... We not only have a today that is set and secure with a God who loves us and reaches out to us when we cannot save ourselves, but God also promises us a future through which we will gain access to that future in Christ. We live in Christ. We breathe in Christ. In him, we live and move and have our being, the scripture says. We trust in him. It's like being in the ark perched on the highest and most deepest of troubling waters. Look at what Peter says in the first letter. He writes, starting in verse 20 of chapter 3, in the ark, only a few people, eight in all, were saved through water. Look at this. This water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. Look at what it doesn't say. It doesn't say baptism symbolizes the floodwaters. What does it say? It says this deluge that covered the entire face of the earth and rewinded humanity back to the beginning. That catastrophic event symbolizes what happens in your baptism. Little old you, when you're baptized and claimed by God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all the power of that Catastrophic event is packaged into God's love and poured out upon you in your baptism. It's not the removal of dirt, your baptism from the body, but the pledge. Remember when it was provision for today and promise for the future? It is the pledge of a clear conscience toward God. Now, here's the idea when you're on the ark, when you're in Christ, and your conscience becomes dirty which it will, because we still have in us the evil inclinations of the thoughts of the human heart. Do we not? And again, you can see evidence of that all around you. When that day comes, you have hope, not only for today, but also for the future when it happens again, that your conscience is made clean by the person of who? Say his name. Jesus. You find yourself in Jesus You find yourself with access to his righteousness and to a daily clear conscience in him. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the scripture says in verse 22, "Who is gone into heaven and is at God's right hand with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to him. And we believe just as Jesus said, and we say in the creed and sing in the creed, that Jesus sits at the right hand of God, the the Father Almighty, and say it with me. He will return one day to do what? To judge the living and the dead. And when that day comes... You and I can look to him, not only with provision for today, but also the promise that he made for that future and trust in him. Look at what Jesus says in Matthew 24. He says, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating, drinking, marrying, given in marriage. Up to the day Noah entered the ark and they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. And Jesus says, a zinger here at the end, he says, that is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man now I want you to hear encouragement in this I want you to hear that a God of great power who loves you so much gave to Noah and to his family a very practical rendering of hope he had them build an ark, a big boat and in that big boat which they were standing beside, they had hope for the future and they had provision for that day, did they not? So when the raindrops came, and by the way, they had never experienced rain before. When the raindrops came, they were looking up in the sky and letting that rain hit them on the face. What do you think their feelings were? Now, I would probably be scared out of my wits. Maybe you would too. But would you have hope knowing that God had given you the instructions for your salvation, a vehicle? But now listen to this. You and I, we don't get instructions for our salvation. Jesus is the one who received those instructions and carried them out to the letter. And when we trust in him, it's like we climb aboard the ark of that great work of God. We are found in Christ. And, you know, there's not going to be another flood, but the final judgment will sort of be like a final flood in a way. When that day comes we can look up into the sky and see Jesus returning on the clouds. And we'll probably be a little scared because it's gonna be just amazing. But in that moment, we can also have joy and peace and comfort knowing that God has not only provided for this day, but also for our unending eternal future. So my friend, if you find a copy of the little people Noah's Ark somewhere in somebody's house, look at that and smile. Say, man, that's an awesome toy. But think in the back of your mind, three things. Thank you, God, that we cannot save ourselves because even as hard as I try, I can't do it. I can't read enough books or take enough classes or go to enough therapy to save myself. Ultimately, is Jesus who saves me. And that's good news because God has sent that vehicle of Jesus for our opportunity to receive it and to climb aboard. And lastly, that ark of Jesus is provision not only for today's troubles and storms and strife, but for what? Tomorrow's troubles and storms and strife we find our daily living in the ark of jesus floating high on the waters of the precreative state my friend trust in jesus as god has provided him for you climb aboard look to today's trouble through his eyes and the troubles and challenges of tomorrow will take their proper place. To you bow your head and pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to hear your word and to be transformed by it. Thank you for the opportunity to be changed, to have something inside me drowned in a great torrential flood and redeemed again through the work of your hand in the ark of Jesus. Father, I pray that I will dwell in that ark every single day of my life, knowing that you are there, steering the ark toward future days with you that are just beautiful As we look at creation around us, God, let us remember these things. Whenever we see a little people, Noah's Ark, let us remember our God is so great and so good. He provides for today and for tomorrow. In your name we pray and together we say, amen and amen.